podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. My guest today is Sarah Jackie. She is the singer and bass player in a really awesome Sydney rock band called Whispering Jackie. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on Women Who Rock. Thanks for inviting me. Not a problem. I'd like to start off by talking about beer. Yes. You are, for your latest single launch... Uh, Willie the Boatman made a beer kind of specifically for that. Yeah. It was called Jackie the Ripper. Yes. How did that happen? That's amazing. Yeah. Tell us about that. It was pretty great. So basically uh, we're quite good friends with the head brewer there. Okay. Um, He's a fine gentleman by the name of Joel Cook. And um, he sort of said, well, he'd been kind of propositioning us for a, a while saying let me make a whispering chacky beer and we were like okay and then I don't know it, it just kind of never really happened and then um started this year he said I've got some time free let's make it happen and we just recorded this single and we were like dude this is perfect opportunity because the single is about drinking and mm. and um we would love to have our own beer so, um, yeah, we went in and we helped him brew the beer and it fucking came out awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was lots of fun. And it's so, it's really clever because it's a red IPA. Yes. And the ripper is like R-I-P-A. yeah. And so you, I saw you posted a video going and chatting to the guy from Willie the Boatman. So you know him personally. That's yes. really awesome. Yeah. And did you, so you had it at the single launch? Did they have it on tap? Yes, so we basically made a single keg and um, we put it on tap at Mosh Pit, which is where we launched the single, mm. and it sold out. So it was like really successful, basically. So did it sell out on the night? On the night, yeah. Okay. Before the night was finished, like probably halfway through our set, sold out. So That's awesome, yeah. but also kind of disappointing. So did they bottle any? Or no. put any in cans? No. Oh. So it was just like single use thing. So, yeah, anyone that came to the gig that wants to drink more of it, just let Billy, uh, sorry, Willie the Boatman know um, because we're trying to get them to, like, make more of it. So that was really good. It was a really special thing. It was only one time they did it. Yeah. Now, that's, it was a red IPA. Yes. So is it, like, something that was the whole kind I don't know that much about brewing, but the whole Mm. thing was absolutely specific to that one? Or is it a beer that they already had that they kind of rename for that gig? Uh, no, it was one that they specifically made wow. for this. That um, is so cool. Yeah, so Joel's won like um, a lot of like brewing awards for his IPAs. Like He's mm. um, particularly known for Nectar of the Hops, which is an East Coast IPA. He was kind of one of the first Sydney brewers to kind of get that style out there and get people's attention, and now everyone's doing the the New England style IPAs. Um, so, yeah, he he's quite quite creative and he was like, I want to do 
um, an Australian-only ingredient beer. So that was the other thing about it. It was like all just made from Australian hops and malts and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, and he wanted to try doing a red one. So that's how it came about. (laughs) Yeah. So also, how did it taste? Did Amazing. it taste extra sweet because their <laughs> beer was particularly named after you? Yeah, I mean, like it was pretty. It was pretty great. I mean, we. Well, I personally am a fan of like hoppy beer, so mm. I I loved it. But um, I know Joel wanted it to be a little bit drier, but like I was, yeah, I was just stoked with it. You were so. stoked with it, yeah. yeah. Nice, and they've been going really well. Willie's yep. Boatman. Over the last couple of years, they've really blown up, and you see them in loads of pubs now. Yeah, I mean, like when we kind of first knew about them like they weren't even in bottle shops really at all and now it's like I go to my local bottle shop and they have you know long necks of mm. willy in there so yeah it's it's good, good. <laughs> Australian business success story yeah <laughs> I was looking through the list of your influences mm-hmm. and there were some other some female bassists yes so uh, Kim Deal from the Pixies and also Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth but there was one listed that I don't really know that much about mm. can you tell me about Kathleen Hanna Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill yeah She's kind of known for sort of starting the whole riot girl movement in the early 90s in Olympia in Washington. It was kind of like born out of the idea, like she kind of wanted to be a spoken artist and um, she had some poetry teacher or someone tell her that if you want people to listen to you, they're not going to listen to you when you talk poetry at them. So you're better off finding a different way and so she said that's how she ended up in music so a lot of her music is politicized and it's all about you know trying to claim women's space in the industry and you know our, our space in the world in general you know so yeah I guess um she's quite inspirational in that way because it's like you know here we are 20 plus years later and it's still the same issues like Mm. it's still the same shit going on there's still you know victim blaming and rape culture and all of that stuff which is stuff that she was singing about ages ago so yeah so and just the whole approach of the right girl thing in general which was like you don't need to be a good musician to get a message out so it was more about it's kind of similar to the uh, you know the first wave of punk music which was kind of like just pick up an instrument and start playing so that's kind of I think a really important message especially for women because a lot of the time you like I know when I was learning how to play my instrument um, I often felt like I wasn't good enough to even try out for a band um so I think having role models like Kathleen Hanna is like very inspirational and mm. it's just it, it it shows that you can do it Speaking of artists being, I guess, outspoken, one of the first singles that you guys released with Mm. Whispering Jackie was called Casino Mate, Mm. and that came out, it was, I think, September 2016, Mm -hmm. and so that was obviously 
regarding the discussion about lockout laws and how that would influence venues in Sydney. So we've gone on about 18 months. Mm. I'm really interested in your opinion about just what's happened in those 18 months in that kind of space. Do you think that things have gotten worse or are they better now than they were when the laws were initially announced? That's such a multifaceted question. There's Mm. so many different points to kind of touch on there. Like, I would say... In terms of night culture, it's it's probably about the same, if not worse. I mean, we've had venues closed down since mm. lockout laws, especially in the eastern suburbs, Darlinghurst, kind of Surrey Hills area, which is where a lot of live music was before. Um, and then, obviously, you've got, with nightclub culture, there's, you know, the whole of King's Cross is basically gone, like it's dead. So... Yeah, there's there's that. And then I just feel like, you know, from a broader Sydney perspective, it's just really hard to get people out anywhere in the city now. So if mm. we're playing a gig in the lockout zone, it's just such a push to get anyone to show up because they know that, like, you know, they'll have to leave and, you know, so they just don't bother in the first place, even though, like, you know, the government has, you know, relaxed the initial restrictions. But, I mean, as far as I can see, they just basically pushed all the, you know, noise out of the city so they could sell the land to developers and build multi-storey departments. So, and that's what we're about in Sydney. We're about property. We're not about culture. So, yeah. That's really interesting that I was talking, so on one of the previous episodes, Mm. I was talking to Fran Little, who's a blues singer, and she is like a big fan. She loves the basement. Mm. It was a really important venue for her growing up, and is obviously very upset about that as well. And she had a very similar message regarding the idea that maybe the priority is development Mm. rather than culture, and I think it's really important to try and encourage that culture in a yeah, city. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm. like, for us, you know, just uh, one really great venue is Frankie's. Mm. And we, you know, used to go watch Frankie's, like any band on a Sunday night even at Frankie's and be stacked in there, like, every night of the week. And it's like recently we played there or we've been to other gigs there, the huge bands even, and it's just empty there. And it's because it's in the lockout zone, and it's just unfortunate because I just feel like that, that venue's probably not doing as well as it probably should. Mm, um, it is such a great venue. Yeah. I can't think of a better combination, punk rock and mm. beers and pizza. Yeah. They just and nailed in it. Underground, <laughs> like, yeah. you know. And the weirdest part is it's in, like, the most corporate-y, like, yeah. part of the city with all the bankers and stuff. So many suits walking around outside, <laughs> not understanding that they're missing the stooges and beard, like, 20 metres away. Yeah. Well, sometimes you get a few of them in, but you just, yeah. It's a good time mm. when they come in Friday drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So we spoke about beers before. Your most recent single that just came out a few weeks ago is called Been Drinking. Mm. I Let's have a listen to that now, then we might come back and have a chat about it. Okay. So this is the new single from Whispering Jackie. It's called Been Drinking. I've been drinking, trying to escape. Stops me thinking about my mistake.
was the recent single from Whispering Jackie called Been Drinking. Sarah, can you tell us a bit about that one and where the inspiration came from? Well, I guess it's kind of, it's almost like a celebration about drinking, but it's also like a lamentation. Is that even a word? You know, like you're lamenting. lamenting. About, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's basically like a bit of both because it's kind of like I have bouts of like anxiety and stuff like that, as I'm sure like many people do. Mm. Um, and I just find sometimes I kind of over self-medicate with alcohol. So you, you can have some good times, but you can also feel pretty sad at the same time. So... Um, I guess the song's about me trying to self-medicate and that's that line of I'm sick of feeling sad without the booze. So it's like I just want to figure out my problems, have some drinks and just have a good time kind mm. of thing. So Trying to find that balance. Yeah. I don't much. think you're the only artist or person who's trying to find that balance. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It's a common theme. I mean, it's a country theme. They always work out pretty well. So, mm. yeah, no, it's good. So with this single, you have been down a couple of weeks ago, you're in Melbourne. Mm. Is that the first time that you guys have been playing around out of Sydney? No. So we've played out of Sydney a bit, um, not heaps, but... So we've been to Melbourne a couple of times. We Last time we went to Melbourne, we played with Blue Green. Um, so we kind of did like a a gig for gig thing. So they played up in Sydney um, with us and then we played down in Melbourne with them. Mm. But yeah, we've been sort of up north. Uh, we've been to Newcastle a bunch, probably more than anywhere actually. And then up to Brisbane, Port Macquarie, um, oh, cool. been to like Wollongong a few times. So yeah, we're slowly getting out there, but yeah, nice. mostly in Sydney. Yeah. So what's the hardest thing about going and playing those shows out of town that you guys find? Uh, so the hardest thing I'd say is like, people don't know you, you know, it's kind of like, especially in these like areas where they don't really have like anything other than Triple J. Like, if you don't get played on Triple J, then you've really got to win them over. Mm. Um, so we're lucky in, like, Melbourne and Brisbane, we get a fair bit of community airplay, so that helps us out. But places like Port Macquarie um, and Newcastle, it's kind of like you've got to win the crowd over, so you, you're kind of really into your stage presence and yeah. you kind of make... You try to make it fun for people to be there. Um, and usually that works for us. <laughs> so. Makes the performance aspect even kind of more critical. Yeah, definitely. There's been no airplay, so it's kind of hard to get your name. I guess that's why we like stations like Tourist Community Radio. Yeah. Supporting cool artists like yourself. I So, we just heard the single, I really dig your vocal delivery. Thanks. It is amazing. I, when you go on tour and you're playing loads of shows in a short time, mm. I I fear for your vocal cords. Do you have a special rehearsal or some kind of ritual that you do to try and help yourself? Yeah, so unfortunately, both times we've recorded, I've been sick. So I actually okay. sound a lot worse than I actually am on our recordings. Ah. Um, so I find like it's, I have, I would kind of, um, preface this with I playing more shows I have got better at protecting my voice as well mm. and just different vocal techniques and stuff kind of help with that 
So what I try and do before I sing is I will usually sing along to something in the car on the way there just to warm my voice up and stuff. And then um, when I get to the venue, just try and stay hydrated, don't drink too much beer, although it's hard because I love beer. Yeah, um, <laughs> particularly if there's a beer that's made specifically for you. That's right. It's hard to not drink that. <laughs> well, I mean, when we played that gig, I actually was sick with a chest infection. So, yeah, I'm just blessed with always being sick when I have <laughs> to sing. the important moments, but, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I got through it and everyone said it sounded fine. So, um, I mean, it's kind. Of, it kind of helps if you your whole singing style is mostly like yelling into the microphone so it's kind of like if you sound a bit sick it just kind of helps a bit so so yeah it's like nothing really that I don't know there's no real science to it it's kind of like there's other things that I'll try and do during the lead up to a gig like I'll like not drink coffee and like because that tightens your vocal cords oh really yeah I won't I won't drink any dairy or any like eat any dairy because that just um, creates too much like kind of reflux thing going on. So yeah, it's just you just got to find what works for you and then just roll with it. Basically. So you really do have to think about the drinks that you have because yeah, has a, okay, yeah, because like I'm like I do a bit of kind of hardcore style vocals as well where I'll do like um, like a kind of almost like a screamo thing. And if you, because it's like using a different part of your throat and like your chest and stuff, if you've got stuff sitting there, it makes it really hard to kind of open that part of your throat up and get those notes out, yeah. especially in key. So, mm. um, so yeah, it's stuff that I have to think about. Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> I'm not a singer and I've never really thought about that before, but there you go. Yep. No dairy before the shows. That's a good rule. Yeah. So in Whispering Jackie, it's almost like a family affair. So your bandmates are your partner and mm. also brother-in-law as well. Is that right? Yeah. So he's not officially my brother-in-law because my sister's not married, but okay. um, her, her long-term partner. But yes. basically, yeah, I'll pay that because <laughs> yeah, I'll pay that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how you guys being so close and being family? How does that influence the creative process? Um, I'd say it's actually really good. I mean, before this band, I was actually in a band with my partner and my sister. So, and my sister was the singer in that band, and um, she's a much better singer than I am. But yeah, like, so I guess I've always sort of really been in bands with people that I'm close to. In this particular band, though, it's kind of really effortless because it's like um, both guys are really positive and really on top of stuff and um, we share like a lot of the same musical influences which Mm. I find helps a lot too and yeah they're just kind of the yin to my yang almost because I can get so like self-critical and really self-loathing and stuff about stuff and I'm just like this song's no good and they'll be like no it's good like you know let's try this try that whatever Um, so yeah it's it is good, but um, so it's mostly like that. Sometimes you do, because there is that closeness, you kind of, you do overstep the mark sometimes or you say something that's kind of like you wouldn't say to anyone else, but mm. because of the relationship, it's kind of forgotten about the next day. So, 
yeah, it makes touring easy too because you all can sleep in the same room and not feel embarrassed about someone fighting or, you know, <laughs> shit like that. So, um, yeah, it is, it is, I'd say it's good. Like, it's got more positives for us yeah. than, than negatives, so, Okay, Sarah, well, for this particular episode of Women Who Rock, it's very special because I'm introducing a new segment called Tell Me a Thing. Mm -hmm. So the idea for the segment is that I have seven different topics, and so what I'd like you to do is to pick a topic and also pick a... A year or kind of an era, it's kind of difficult to pin down a specific year, but a topic and an era and tell me a thing Mm. that maybe we all don't know. So I'm going to read through the topics. The topics are Patti Smith, punk rock, poetry, musical instruments, politics, death, and recording equipment. Can you tell me a thing? Okay. I can tell you a thing. Um, (coughs) So I... You were saying before we started recording that your favourite, one of your favourite bands is like um, Royal Blood. Yep. Um, But I assume you probably like the Black Keys as well, right? Definitely. Okay, so my punk rock story is about, I don't know, probably the late 90s or 2000s. There's a band from... Seattle, no, they're from Portland, called Slater Kinney. They're an all-female punk rock band. They kind of are really interesting in the sense that they um, have two guitarists and a drummer. They don't have a bassist, and their guitar work is kind of really interesting. Um, Carrie Brownstein, who is like the kind of lead guitarist in that band, um, she's one of the actors in Port Portlandia. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and she's kind of been known or oh, named uh, by Rolling Stone as like one of the most underrated guitarists of all time. So they're really interesting band, worth checking out. Um, but so hooking this back up to the Black Keys, um, so they're this basically most people have never really heard of Slater Kinney unless you're kind of into sort of right girl kind of music or mm. Portlandia or whatever. Mm. Um, but most people have heard of the Black Keys. Um, the Black Keys got one of their first gigs supporting Slater Kinney um, around on a tour around America. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so and they were like the opening act for Slater Kinney. So right, so yeah. Slater Kinney was the big band. And they Black were Keys the, big were the band. little band. That's correct. So yeah, that's, that's my, amazing. That's my little fact. <laughs> that so that kind of I guess helped to launch the Black Keys then, if they were really small at that time. Yeah, definitely. I think they like recorded something at home on a cassette or whatever when they kind of got signed and asked to play on this um, tour. But yeah, that's basically. Um, I like to think that Slater Kinney gave them a leg up. So. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think you've nailed it. This is the first Thanks. time we've done that segment, but you've told me something really interesting, so that's cool. Mm. Um, yeah, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on Women Who Rock. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3. I'm sick of you.